is Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck it. Welcome to an all new week of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. It's Corey Richmond joined by Jason Brooks. Jason, another crazy week in the uh, world of professional wrestling. We had the re- saying goodbye, possibly, of one of the great wrestlers of the last decade or two. And Daniel Bryan, apparently his contract has expired, according to Fightful.com and also the Wrestling Observer. Where does he go or does he stay? AW's uh, Blood and Guts delivered in the ratings, third out of the fourth straight week. Uh, Jay, anything in particular you want to start with? You want to start with Daniel Bryan? You want to start with... I mean, we got to start with Daniel Bryan. We got to start with Daniel Bryan, right? I mean, that's that's the biggest story in wrestling right now. Oh, before we do that, I just heard the snapping of the beer. What, what, what's your beer of the week today? Uh, it's uh, Cosmic Fountain. I took a couple weeks off from, from drinking just to show that I could. And now I'm back on horse. Now you're back on horse. We don't like quitters. Huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, Daniel Bryan is the one of the big stories of the week. Daniel Bryan has been with the company basically since 2009, except for a brief... Uh, situation when he first came up with Nexus with the whole tire tie situation and then he came back to one of the most uh well-beloved wrestlers in the company either as a baby face and a heel this past Friday he went and had a spectacular match with uh Roman Reigns if you're leaving the company that's one way to go but uh Jason before we get to nitty-gritty your gut feeling have we seen Daniel Bryan for the last time are we talking about this for no reason What's your what's your quick thoughts on Daniel Bryan WWE situation here? Uh, well, definitely not talking about for no reason because he could show up anywhere. Um, yeah, so it's multi layered. One, you have his wife who is employed by the company. I think the total Bella's show is like partially produced by the WWE. Um, and you also have Daniel Bryan who's worked backstage. He's helped out a lot of the guys backstage. Um, I think he's help plan matches or, or book stuff possibly. So he's been super involved in things. Um, you know, so you have that element to it. And then you have the element of the fact that he has a good schedule. He's in Florida. I'm sure he could be part-time. Uh, he's got two kids and wants to be a dad. And that's the most important thing to him right now, which he's mentioned in multiple interviews. But then on the other hand, you have the idea that he wants to, maybe cement his legacy, wrestle in, you know, New Japan, Um, you know, uh, and then he has opportunities that we've never seen in U.S. US wrestling in 20 years. You have AEW, you have Ring of Honor he can go back to. They have plenty of money, right? So, um, you know, so I... it's interesting. So, you know, our buddy, Sean Reamer, good buddy of mine, uh, please silence the marks thinking Daniel Bryan will leave WWE. It will not happen. I don't think he's going to leave. I think there's too much. He's too invested in that company to leave. They're going to pay him a shitload of money. He doesn't have to wrestle crazy dates. Um, He has a lot of influence backstage, especially if he stays on SmackDown. And so like, I don't know. There doesn't seem to be a big reason for him to go. Um, now, if this wasn't the pandemic and we, you know, this, if this was pre-pandemic, maybe things are, are different. Um, but I just, 
I don't know. I don't see it. Where would he go? Where, where would he where would he go um, and make the type of money and have the kind of lifestyle that he does? I I don't know. I mean, he I mean, he just wrestled in the main event of WrestleMania. I mean, we talk about the WWE burying people all the time, the Peyton Royces, the, you know, you know, all these people. He was in the main event of WrestleMania and basically wrote all his own promos. And he had a, he has a lot of of leeway and and say in his character and who he is in the ring. And you know, I mean, he's he has what a lot of people don't have and that's why they leave. Look at Miro. So to me it doesn't make any sense for him to leave. That being said, obviously, you know, he could do what he wants to do, but I think he stays um uh, yeah, I, I I think maybe he goes to Japan for a couple of months, or whatever. But I think ultimately he's back in the WWE sooner rather than later. You know, it's it's really interesting. I mean, I think Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, uh, whatever you want to call him, I think it's a great thing to have options. I mean, after he was told he'd never be able to wrestle again, he took everything he could to go and get back to ring, just like you know Edge and Christian have done over the last two years or so, but, you know, he went and had a chance to leave, you know, once before he decided to resign. But, you know, that last time he didn't do like all of these interviews saying how he would like to go and face other people. And he's been like kind of back and forth where he says he kind of doesn't want to leave WWE, but he wants to have a schedule where he can face guys outside WWE. Also that whole entire time he's been, Maybe it's to go and put more value to him and get more people interested in what he might do. He's been praising, you know, the Kenny Omegas of the world. It makes you think, you know, maybe he wants to go to AEW and face Kenny Omega. I mean, so is part of this where he wants to stay with WWE, but he wants to go and redefine the system with, you know, this ridiculous, you know, forbidden door opening up where, you know, there's rumors of MLW and WWE might have some sort of agreement with a talent exchange or, you know, him being able to go and do stuff on ROH and maybe if it's not televised possibly, but, but it sounds like he wants to go wrestle different people and he wants to do different things. But at the same point, like you said, his wife has a contract with WWE with total divas and there's multiple rumors that she wants to come back and, you know, have another comeback. So he's kind of between a rock and a hard place. But when you say, you know, where is he going to make this? Well, I, I see that. I don't think he is certainly not between a rock and a hard place. He is in a, tremendous position both financially uh from a freedom standpoint he is not between a rock and a hard place he is in a tremendous position but well i mean when i say between the rock and the hard place is what i mean more of the fact of the matter is that his wife you know is still with the company and she may have certain goals she wants to do you have told divas which he's part of and it might be who knows how that would affect if he leaves with a Still want him have him on total divas. Who, who like cares that. if he's on well, total divas? Who cares if he's on total divas or or but the show the shows make money. That's why they have these shows, not because they love Brie and, and um Nikki. The shows make money. So whether he's on there or not, it doesn't matter. Um, so I if you've gone if you went and wrestled for Japan, the WWE wouldn't give a shit. Like they wouldn't care at all. If you go to AEW, that might be you know, that might be a different thing. But no, I don't think he's in between a rock and a hard place. I think he has all these places that want him, including the WWE. They'll give him a ton of money. He can, he can basically, I mean, he can basically name where he wants to go and how much he wants to make, essentially, at any of these places. 
I mean, like I said, it is something to, to definitely to look at. I do wonder, though, what would be the best fit for him? Would it be to go to Japan? If, if things open up, and right now Japan is unfortunately not as bad as, you know, the India, which is, you know, a total disaster when it comes to COVID, but Japan is having major problems where, like, the show that's supposed to happen at the end of the month for New Japan Pro Wrestling, the Tokyo Dome, looks like it's not going to happen because of more restrictions in Tokyo. So, I mean, it's a little scary on the whole type of situation going around, you know, going around the world. And, you know, is now you, you make it, you know, you think about it. Is it the most amount of money or is the most freedom? You know, from everything you hear, Daniel Bryan is one of those guys who saved almost every dime he's ever made and he doesn't need the money. So if you're doing it just for the passion, do you go to Ring of Honor? Do you go to like, a, maybe not an MLW, but do you go to, you know, a Ring of Honor or a Dragon Gate USA or do you do stuff for New Japan strong in the U.S.? Do you do stuff that's going to make you fulfilled? Some of how, do, how do we know he's not fulfilled? He just wrestled in the main event of WrestleMania. He wrestled Roman Reigns in uh, one of the best SmackDown main events we've had in forever. Like, how do we know he's? How do we know he's not fulfilled? Like, I don't know that we. I don't know that we we know that for sure. Uh, Sean also mentioned, um, you know, in the chat that Ring of Honor might not uh, can't afford him. Um, he, I think they can so, so here, here's the thing: they're owned by Sinclair Broadcasting. They have as much money as Tony Khan has or Vince has, so. They can afford him. And he says AEW is touring this summer and he probably wants a light schedule. Um, yeah, I I think we're, I think the, the thing to me that you're doing is you're negating how much freedom he has had in the WWE. I think if it was a situation where he was wrestling on the undercard and all this, you'd be right. He's been, him and Reigns have been the focal point probably of the company for because with all the shit they've done on raw how bad that's been i mean they've been the focal point of the company for the past five months uh so you know i i don't know you know guys he's wanted to have pushed have been pushed in the past um you know if mustafa Ali was on smackdown he probably would be a bigger guy you know i i you know and and as far as the money goes i don't think he'd be going going for 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 money necessarily but he would have a light schedule with the wwe um you know he would be able to just go to florida i think he still lives in seattle you know he would be able to travel back and forth it would be a nice schedule for him so i don't know going to aw to me is a total non-starter they can't figure out how to push the guys they have there um uh, i think it'd be a total non-starter for him uh in my opinion and I, I think that's a place he absolutely should not, under any circumstances, go to. Um, New Japan, you know, and wrestling on Strong and wrestling on, you know, uh, Ring of Honor. I mean, I could see that. I could see that. Because if it doesn't really care about the money, like, who cares, right? Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. I, 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 he has a lot of options, for sure. Um but I, I think he stays with the WWE. Where, where do you think he goes, Corey? I think he does. I think he does the ROH New Japan thing. And maybe if they have a deal, maybe he does maybe a big like all out. Maybe he does a match, you know, with somebody, but he doesn't sign like an exclusive deal. I could see him doing that. I mean, I does he? If you put a you know the proverbial gun to one's head, 
You got to think he goes back to WWE because that's just where he's been for so long. And like so said, absolutely. They're, they're the odds unfair. Why? Let me ask you, why Ring of Honor? Like, they, you know, the show is a good show. I think you and I have talked about how much we've enjoyed the show lately. They don't have fans. It's, you know, they don't have, I mean, they have r- some really good wrestlers, but they don't have an Okada, a Tanaha. They don't have guys like that. Well, um, they don't. They don't have. They don't have. They don't have. They don't have stars really, and going to Japan is is not going to be easy with COVID and, and all the stuff that he's got going on. So I mean, you know, I I don't know. I'm just reading some of the stuff that uh, a former guest on this show, a friend of the show, Sean Sean has said. What's this? What Ryan Brandelson? doing in the impact zone oh god uh, he, there's not a chance he goes there in my the opinion reason i could see something like happens because they have because roh and impact have more of a steady deal of not something just it feels like a name value with new japan pro wrestling so until the borders truly open up and COVID hopefully becomes a thing of the past he has somewhere where he can go and face like el fantasma is coming into impact starting you know this starting tonight I mean, you've got guys who will come in. So, I mean, it could be his home short term. And let me just put it this way. ROH is where he got his start. He's basically him and another guy I'm going to mention here in a second for my second part of this question, him and Samoa Joe, and maybe even, even more than AJ Styles are two of the faces of ROH. And I think that if you have a Joe and an R uh, and a Bryant, and, you know, ROH, I think that revitalizes interest in the company and it's that boost that they need. But let me give you this question. You have these two guys now. Forget about Brock and Andrade. They're doing their own thing. Maybe Andrade's doing some interesting things we'll maybe talk about if we have time. Hey, who do you think right now, now that they're both available, Samoa Joe or Brian Danielson, who is the bigger free agent out there? Oh, Daniel Bryan, not even close. Is it because he's healthy or because he's been on TV more recently? He's been, he's been in he's been in two main events of WrestleMania. <laughs> I mean, he's a he's he's a star. Uh he did this yes chant that they did in freaking arenas and in sporting events and at bars. And I, I mean, he's a star. That's why. I mean, I love Joe. Listen, Joe's great, but I don't I don't I, I don't think it's even close. Um so yeah. Now, as far as the idea of him going to Ring of Honor and all this, fine, right? There's no fans there. Like, it's, I think that, I think what he might do is take some time off and not sign anywhere and wait till there's fans and then maybe come back. So two months in July. Well, well, we'll see. We got to see where things open up and, you know, where, does Ring of Honor open up the fans at some point? Does Impact open up the fans at some point? You know, what's Strong going to do? I mean, you're talking about July because MLW and and, A, and AEW, but I don't know that he's going to go there. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I think it's, I think he either stays with, I think the choices are this. Top couple. He stays with WWE. Or he does the Ring of Honor, New Japan Strong, New Japan when it opens, and he does that thing. And then third on the list would be AEW to me. I think that's the way it is, and I think that's the way it, it probably should be. I, I, I would say return to WWE is one, 
but I think uh, some sort of mixed deal, maybe not signing with any one company, but being a free agent and trying to do dream matches everywhere he can, I think might be the the other answer because I don't see him. Yeah, no, that's I mean that's basically that's basically deal. what we said. But I guess to to your point, he doesn't he wouldn't have to sign with AEW to do that. He could still just be a free agent everywhere and AEW would say, Oh, you want to come wrestle for us and we're going to make money off you. Uh, yes, please come. So yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's it. He doesn't sign with AEW, but he wrestles for everybody. I mean, we've seen it with Leo rush. Um, we've seen it with TJP. Uh, we've seen it with Kenta. We've seen it with Omega. I mean, these guys are, are, are all over, are all over the place. Uh, Tom Lawler, Brody King. So, you know, maybe that's kind of the new path. Yeah, I mean, look, Cody Rhodes did it and all these other people. So, I mean, it, if you're a big enough name and you're re- and you're willing to work, you can make a really good career on the indies and figure out and revitalize. So, I mean, this isn't the, the thing is, this isn't the indies. Like, these are major – he's not going to go wrestle in a bingo hall anymore. No, like, no, he's, I, I you know what I mean? He, he's he's kind of carving out his own path. I and, and one of the first guys to do it was Samoa Joe, right? Like, so I think um, – he could, I, I could see, I think that's a strong number two. I think that's a very strong number two. It's, it's, it is really interesting on how the guys who started the indie, the indie darlings who came over to WWE and, you know, at the time TNA are now back in the news again, like, you know, like, you know, the Joes and the Brian Danielsons, you know, are back in the news. It's basically, you know, we're back in, you know, 2008, 2009, when we were wondering where all these guys would go. Now these guys are back on the free agent market. Um, yeah. Jay, unless you have some more on this particular subject, you wanted to uh, move on to uh, AEW's yeah. Blood and Guts? Yeah, I just have one last thing. We we kind of talked about Samoa Joe, but we didn't go into him in depth too much, I feel like, from what I remember. It, it sounds like he's not healthy, but if he's healthy, kind of to your point, the idea that you could have potentially Joe doing his own thing, Daniel Bryan doing his own thing, and then there being fans there Andrade. Uh, and some of these Andrade like challenging Omega. Like this could be a really another fun time. You know, this could be a fun next year in wrestling, uh, assuming crowds come back and some things, some things spark up. So I'm excited to see where things go over the next year for sure. But I, and I'll say this, a huge loss for SmackDown, a huge loss for SmackDown. He, and Reigns carried that show for the last few months. And, um, I, you know, I know Shazaro is going to get the chance for the title. We'll see how it goes with him. But they're, they're losing a lot with uh, Daniel Bryan and, uh, not being on that show anymore. I, I totally agree. It's going to be interesting to see where they go. Cesaro gets a chance. Do they move up Big E? Where they go after, you know, uh, WrestleMania backlash, which I, unfortunately I guess we'll have to talk about in another week or so. Um, so Jay, blood and guts, uh, yesterday, double steel cage. Um, I know there's been a lot of points of view on this show. Um, I, I saw blood and guts twice. I saw it once the version that was on TNT and I found different ways. I found a copy of, from the fight TV version where there were no commercials and people were unhappy with the amount of commercials that were, that aired in the show. A lot of commercials. Uh, the way that the, it was shot with the ending with uh, Chris Jericho, where basically, you know, it was on uh, a bed for, uh, you know, a comfy little uh, bed he landed on, which didn't look great. Um, he also was like, he also, 
The other thing that was weird was MJF held them for like, it seemed like 20 minutes. He's like, I'm going to throw him. I'm going to throw him. And you knew MJF was definitely going to throw him after he won the match. But he's like, I'm going to throw him. And Jericho's just sitting there like looking limp. Like he could have kicked him in the balls. He could have done a million things. But he just stayed there looking limp. It looks like it seemed like the um, the timing I was. Like timing I, I feel like the timing was off, right? Because these guys, Guevara and these guys are sitting there killing themselves in this match and then they're getting a cue oh you got to go out there and save jericho or whatever and so i i do like that it was jericho that lost the match i think he was the right person to lose the match i didn't love yeah him going in and i'm not gonna say a bed because listen these guys brutalized themselves but it didn't look great like the you know they had it, it didn't look great so um you know, I don't know. I, I thought it was a really fun match. The problem is it was a fun match with a lot of crazy spots. And I think it kind of got overshadowed by MJF and Jericho and what happened at the end. And I, I just thought there was weird timing issues at the end of the match. So this is something that's come up now with two, the two big uh, events as of late. You had the pay-per-view where it was, a, I mean, I liked it, I think, more than Jay did. But I thought they had a great main event. And then all of a sudden, the only thing that most people remember from the main event is the idea that the sparklers didn't go off at the end for the explosions. So that's the last image of that pay-per-view. And then with this, you have a really good blood and guts war games match where I think a lot of things went well. Yeah. Maybe you had maybe one or two many, you know, camera cuts, you know. But the last thing people are going to remember is Jericho falling off on, you know, something that obviously looked padded. And yes, absolutely padded. And for all those people out there who are saying, you know, he should have taken this ridiculous bump are the same people who were crying and bitching and they were absolutely right that Matt Hardy almost died, you know, on an unsafe fall. So, I mean, there's got to be some sort of balance of super risky things and then doing things that are safe, but they're filmed right. I mean, we can kill the WWE all the time on yeah. all those stupid things they do booking-wise. The WWE has been in production for multiple decades. AW has been in production for, what, two years now? So there's certain things that WWE does. I mean, they do the same thing with padding. Every time, you know, Shane McMahon does one of those crazy dives onto a table, those tables are gimmicks. But the way that they shoot it, it doesn't look that way. They make it, they, it looks, they're, I mean. The production is top notch. Their production, their production's top notch. Um, yeah, I thought the commercials was a big, that was probably my biggest problem other than the finish. Problem. It was, it kept, it just, they really should have figured something out, Corey, with the commercials. Like if, like you're getting into the match and it's a commercial, then you're getting into the match and it's a commercial. It was just way too many freaking commercials. Yeah, I mean, Jay, I don't know if you remember, but this is my biggest complaint of the, the basically I guess it was like a one hour match between Gargano and uh, Champa, Champa, yeah, where they had you know in the um, basement or whatever, you know whatever facility they had, yeah. And you have this cinematic match, which I thought was good for what it was, but then all of a sudden mm. we had like six commercial breaks. And every time you felt like you were watching something. And I understand this is what happens you're no longer like the WWE Network where we were spoiled for, you know, for a couple of years where it was just a straight through show. But you have to figure out a way like, you know, WWE did with Halloween Havoc and American Bash where you had commercial free for the first, you know, 45 minutes or whatever. You, and, I under, and some people will say, you know, you buy TV time in advance. The idea that you did not have, you know, State Farm, which has been a major sponsor for, you know, weeks on end, where you did not have them to basically sponsor the last hour and just you didn't have any commercials or 
you have one of the spots, which is, and this is more of like a TV thing, but one of your things is for local time. So the local stations are going to run their own advertising. There was like a minute and a half where you saw none of the match. You didn't even see picture in picture. So, I mean, I rewatched, like I said, on the fight, on fight.tv, whichever way I found that. And you saw a lot, like the whole entire thing of Wardlow, when he first came in the match, running wild for two minutes, you saw none of that. That was all during, it might have been picture in picture, but, you know, you didn't see a lot of things. And then, you know, going up into this cage and different things, you lost something from, and I know that you can't put everything on a pay-per-view and the ratings is the main thing. If you do something like this, I mean, it's not the raise, the main thing, the money, the money from the advertisers. Right. So that's how you. So like it's it's a it's listen, it's a very hard balance and I'm not killing it. I'm not killing AEW for that. I do kill them for a bunch of other things and we can we can talk about that, Um, but I can't kill them for that. It just really took away from the match. That was all. I think it I think it took away from the match. I thought the ending was super flat. Um and so I think that kind of took away from the match. I just think they could have had a better spot. They could have done something better at the end of that. Um, and they just they just didn't. And, you know, it's fine. They're trying stuff. And that's the thing, right? They've been around for, has it been two years, three years, whatever it's been? Two Almost years? So they haven't even been around that long. They're going to try stuff. Stuff's not going to work out. Stuff's going to be really good. You know, that's going to happen. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't kill them for, for mistakes that happen in production because that shit just happens. Um, now to say that it fell flat because of that, I think is, is, uh, you know, a very honest thing to say. Um, yeah. October, okay. Yeah. Yeah. October, 2019. Yeah. So it's been, yeah, I thought, okay, I thought it was two years. It seems like longer, though. It's crazy. And, and Tony Khan said it in an interview this week, I think, entrepreneur.com, because uh, most of their shows now have been in the pandemic, which is, I think, really, really fascinating. But um, a good match, a really fun match. The only thing, only other thing about the match I did not like was the unprotected chair shot. I didn't like that. Um, but there was only, I think there was only one. Uh, but other than that, I think the guys beat the shit out of each other. I think it was a good match. I think it was a, it wasn't too much blood and it wasn't like over the top and overwhelming and annoying for me. I thought it was the right amount of blood giving, given that it's called blood and guts. Obviously the guys worked hard and, and killed themselves and busted their ass in the match. So I thought overall it kind of did what it needed to do. Um, but I think Corey, what do you think? Where do you think this goes from here? I mean, Guevara was the guy who stood out in the match. And I think that was that was done purposefully. Oh, sure. Um, for sure. And I think he's a guy that they see as a, a you know, eventually main event level guy. I really think he's a main event level heel, not a baby face, but, you know, whatever. Um, he works on both ends. I mean, yeah, I yeah. But leading into the match, I, I felt Santana felt like, I think I said this on the show that Santana had felt like, more of a star, especially with the promos he did. And I think Santana and everyone looked pretty good in the match. But yeah, I mean, Sammy Guevara, for the first time in a long time, felt like, you know, the Hispanic babyface that you could possibly build part of your company around. He showed the babyface fire. The crowd and the crowd was super into him, super into, you know, everyone on the inner circle, which I think a lot of people, not on this show, but a lot of the shows because the inner circles kind of felt flat over the last couple of months, especially with the turn. 
I think but, since they turned babyface, I think that this babyface turn has been great for them. And it started with Guevara. And I think Guevara's really looked good throughout. Like, I, I enjoyed what they did with him with trying to tell the inner circle, like, MJF's an asshole, like, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I've enjoyed what they've done with Guevara and how they've kind of built him up. Uh, Hager, obviously, like, you know, who cares about him? But and he you know, the, good, though, on the show. Him and, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, he, I mean, he's fine. He's fine. But, but no one, I mean, he's a veteran. No one really, you know, cares about him. You know, it's, it's about, you know, it's about Sammy Guevara. It's about uh, Santana and Ortiz. That's what, it, that's the three. Those are the three guys that are going to be the inner circle moving forward. And maybe Hager there is like the muscle guy who always has to be there. But um, yeah, I mean, Corey, first of all, do you think the pinnacle moves on from, you know, from this feud? Or do you think we keep getting, we'll get a match at the pay-per-view? I assume we'll get a match at the pay-per-view. Like, where, where do you think this kind of goes from here? Um, I think it's going to be really interesting due to the fact that every, how everything turned out with that final spot. On, I think mostly the initial idea was for Jericho to be out for, I don't know, past, you know, double or nothing, or maybe to come back at the last show before double or nothing. But the way that it looked, I think that, you know, they're going to have to go and which they usually do. They speak about things that, you know, that go wrong. Maybe oh, I disagree. I mean, it didn't look good, but that was a planned spot. They're going to just say, Oh no, we, they're not going to say, Oh, we fucked up and it didn't look good. I, I don't think that they do that. You, that's something you got to sell. You got to sell, you got to sell that. I think. They're just going to have him come back. They're going to change the whole, the pay-per-views in a couple of weeks are going to change the whole thing and have him come back based on that. I think that's, I think that that's crazy. I think that'd be crazy. Uh, I mean, maybe you're right. I mean, I do think you get uh, the tag team match at the pay-per-view of uh, LA, the former LAX Pride and Powerful versus FTR. I think that's Absolutely. a match you can definitely see. Absolutely. I mean, if he's out, if they're going to play with the the idea of Jericho mm. being out for a little while, I can see, you know, Guevara versus uh, MJF maybe at the pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be, I think that makes sense too. Um, that that'll be, that should be a really fun match. It'll be interesting seeing Guevara wrestle as a babyface too um, against MJF. That should be a, a really good clash of styles too. I mean, I you could also maybe... You could see, you know, uh, another maybe a gimmick or just a regular some sort of strong match either at the pay-per-view or not on on TV. You know, you continue the idea. Maybe you have, you know, uh, you know, maybe MJF and Wardlow versus Guevara and Jake Hager, you know, or something. You know, you could do things if you're not going right back to Jericho versus MJF right away. I think you can do some other matchups like that either at the pay-per-view or on or to build a TV, but I do think you're going to get FTR versus LAX and possibly Guevara versus MJF maybe at the pay-per-view. And, I may, and that, so you, but you think they're going to keep it going, essentially. Absolutely. I don't okay. think it's the end of the feud, I think, because especially with some interviews, it was said that um, Jericho felt that it was time to do this, and this wasn't going to be the end of the feud. This was going to be one of the first steps in the story of the feud, which I don't know if I totally agreed with the idea of, War Games not being the end of a feud, usually it is, but it sounded like, you know, in interviews that he did that, this was just the first step. Yeah, we'll see. They, they've done a good job of telling long-term stories. So let's see if that's kind of, uh, that's kind of where they go. Um, 
Corey, let's talk about the Omega promo a little bit real quick. Um, yeah. I know we're going long, but you know, it's fine to go long. We didn't do it. We didn't do a show last week, right? We did. Do no, we, did. we did. It was a quick show though. Uh, and I, and if um, you guys don't know, but a little inside baseball, Corey loves having these shows be two hours long. And I'm, I'm always trying to cut them down. And so I did, I did cut them down last week. It was like our show to, shortest show ever. So this one going a little longer is okay. But um, Omega's promo, I was, I was very impressed by Miro. Also, we, we for, didn't even mention the fact that Jericho fell on a, you know, a basically a, a bed, right? Mm-hmm. And or Darby Allen fell on the fucking steps. And that was, and that was actually, and that's just something that I'll let you do what you're saying, but one of the things that was very interesting about this show, Tony Khan, I thought it was pretty well known that the only thing that was going to be live was the War Games mm-hmm. Blood and Guts match, and everything else was taped. Apparently, I guess some fans didn't realize this, so he actually said at the beginning of the show, all the, uh, all the crowd reactions for the tape matches will be from uh, the fans in attendance, and if you don't and if you feel like you were misadvertised, you can get a refund, you know, and I think five people were like, all right, we don't want to be here. They were, they were only seeing one match, which I think is a little silly. But the idea of all, all the things that we saw, the Miro stuff, the Darby Allen, and the Kenny Omega segment were all actually live. So when he, he took that, that tumble, to put it nicely, that was actually, that was actually live. And it is, I, we say this a lot, we, we love Darby Allen's work, and he's been a ratings draw over the last month and a half. But he's gonna kill himself. The some of these bumps he takes, you know. I mean, I know he's like twenty something, but uh, if you ever put in the title on Miro, you gave you gave Darby an out because Darby should basically be half dead after that bump, you know. Yeah, no, that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't great. That that wasn't great at all. Um, so let's talk about Omega real quick. Uh, sure. What do you think about the promo? Um, and what do you think about who could be the number one contender for the title? So uh, next week is basically a little bit of almost like a super show again. I mean, the four matches that have been advertised could basically, you know, most of them could, uh, you know, headline any week's shows. You've got John Moxley versus Yuji Nagata. You got the Young Bucks versus uh, SCU. And if SCU doesn't win the titles, they're done. You got can, Dark can, can, can the Young Bucks get rid of their outfits? They look ridiculous. I think that's part of what they're supposed to look ridiculous. Oh, well, God. They, they, they are not they're not hitting me. You talk about stuff that's not hitting with me as they were doing so well as baby faces who were like, we're the best. We've finally become the best. They seem like these cheap imitations of like Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. I, I, I don't agree with that, but I, I, I respect your. your you opinion. don't agree with that as heels. They've they've been bl- bland. They, they seem like they're trying too hard. It's like a guy trying to date a hot girl. It's like. I really got to make this shit work. Like they, they seem like they're trying to try way too hard. Anyway, go ahead. And then, like I said, you got your last match is orange Cassidy versus Pac. So the winner becomes the uh, faces Omega at double or nothing. Now I can see them going either way. I mean, I, we, we actually had this conversation off air, the idea of, you know, way too many matches in wrestling. You kind of know how it's going to happen, especially with AEW. you know, and if it affects your enjoyment of a match, but in the way they made it seem like with the promo, it's going to be Orange Cassidy versus um, Kenny Omega at the pay-per-view. I think there's still a good chance you, you could get Omega versus Pac because they had a great match, you know, last year. And I could see the 
Omega versus Orange Cassidy maybe being a, a match on Dynamite, either before Double or Nothing or right afterwards. I mean, the the idea of you most likely having, I know it hasn't been announced yet, but the idea of having the Young, Ver- Young Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston and, you know, Kushida and, uh, not Kushida, I'm sorry, uh, Shida versus Britt Baker and, you know, maybe LAX versus FTR. I think you could have a pretty strong card overall, so you may not need that killer main event. But in the same idea, how much does Omega versus Cassidy truly draw? I mean, we saw Cassidy versus Pac at Retribution. Is it, uh, not Retribution, was it Retribution? Yeah, I think it was Retribution, uh, their last Revo- revolution. I'm sorry, revolution. Thank you. And that was a. Was, that mean that that was the second best match of the night. Yeah, and that, and nobody realized how good he actually was. But is it too much for a pay per view? Too much of a gimmick? Too much of you know a gimmick thing? Where you know is it awesome to see you know Jim Cornette you know lose his mind and rant? Sure, but I mean, and do I think it could be a good match? Absolutely, because I think Kenny Omega can have a good match with anyone besides me at this point. But. I think the I think you do Pop versus Omega because it's going to be a big match for the first time you're going to have a sold out crowd and we can talk about that if you want in a minute the idea that interview busted open Tony Tony Khan said uh, it's going to be a full show full crowd so yeah we'll talk about that in a second Um, so it's got to be Orange Cassidy Uh, Pop just had a a tag match and lost the title match Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't even know why he's the number one contender I don't know who he's beaten but. he ha- he doesn't have any momentum on his side. He doesn't have that momentum um, to challenge Omega. To me, either Pac or Cassidy feels more like a dynamite main event um, at this point than, like, why isn't Orange, Orange Cassidy challenging for the TNT title? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's, and obviously they, and that's why they had Paige lose because he was the number one contender and then he lost to a you know lower ranked guy now he's not number one contender anymore mm-hmm. uh and christian's moving up the rank so clearly that's it what makes you wonder you beat number one contender why isn't brian cage guy facing you know well because face. he has to beat more guys you you don't just beat the number one contender and then you're the number one contender like that moving up weight class doesn't work you watch the you have a ufc shirt on right now beating the number one contender doesn't mean you're out of automatic okay all right beating the number one contender doesn't mean you're automatically the number one contender it doesn't make any sense so um it means you've moved up a couple of spots. So, no, I, I think, you know, that part of it makes some sense. I don't know who Pac's beaten, but I don't watch Dark and Elevation mm-hmm. that much. So maybe he's beaten a lot of guys that I don't know about. Uh, but I think at this point, the momentum is on the side of Orange Cassidy. Um, I think they could have a really, really fun match. And um, I don't, and it's a guy that, oh, you know, you wrestle a good long match, Omega beats him, and Cassidy doesn't lose a lot because he wrestled a really long, great match against the, you know, one of the best wrestlers to ever wrestle. So, you know, I don't think it makes Cassidy look bad. And I think Omega is fine. I do think it's an interesting match at a pay-per-view. I think it's a hard match. This isn't a takeover. This isn't a network special. You're asking people to pay $60 to watch Orange Cassidy in a main events. Like that's hard. That, that, as much as they've built him up and as great as he's been, that can be a tough sell. So I'm not exactly sure. So I, I guess th- that's my thing. Um, that's a tough, that's a tough sell. 
Yeah, I mean, if it was me, I wouldn't do this right now. I mean, I think if I was going to do this, I would have done this after he had been, you know, um, Chris Jericho. Well, who would you have? Him, who would you have him go against? I would have in the next couple of weeks. I'd have a Brian Cage, you know, win a bunch more matches, use the momentum. Brian Cage is a heel. Good point. Um, I, I think that, and and that's a, the fact you're thinking about it. Is no, why I got aren't... the answer. I got okay. the answer. You have Miro beat Darby, and Darby was your champion for months. Darby's no. your biggest baby face. No. no way. No way. You can't have a guy lose a match. And, and you can't have a guy lose a match and then challenge for another title. No way. No. No way. Absolutely not. He's not ready for a spot like this. He can barely, he can barely, um, you know, talk. Absolutely not. Bring, so, bring, bring somebody. Uh, hey, I know what you could do. Daniel Bryan could pop up next week. And oh my god, uh, get it! But but exactly like the two guys, the the, the guys are saving Omega for Christian and and Page. I think, I think that's who they're. Uh, old, you know, I think that's gonna be. I think that's gonna be an all out an all out main event. It's gonna be Omega against probably either Christian or uh, Page. That's what I think is going to happen, and that's what they're saving it for. And so, I think it's fine. I don't think it's like, oh my god, it's a big deal. I just, I just, I just think it's interesting. All right, moving on to the crowds thing. Um, yeah, full crowds. We're gonna have crowds with MLW. We're gonna have a full crowd of fifty five hundred people. You know, uh, we talked open about air, it a few right? yeah, open air. Yeah, we talked about it a few weeks ago with uh, Machine Gun Kelly. They had a concert. I don't really even you know. Got no talent. I don't even know who he is or what music he plays, but uh, you know, a white guy who raps. Okay, there we go. So, um, so yeah, so fifty five hundred people in Daly's place. I've always thought the sound in Daly's place is is a, is funny, and and you don't really get the the real sense of the crowd. But to have fifty five hundred people in an open air arena is still going to be pretty nice. So, what are your thoughts on the having a fifty five hundred people? Um, the blowback they may get, the idea that uh, people came from WrestleMania and had COVID, and my friend lives in Florida. Well, you know, my my friend and one of Sharon's best friends, and she basically says they can't give the vaccines away. Like people don't want them in Florida. So, which you know, again, we know we know Florida's thing. Um, I mean, the numbers have gone down in Florida, also, but the I, numbers of I, numbers have gone down. So just what are your thoughts on the idea of them doing this show, 5,500 people, trying to do it safely? Is it something you would do? Is this a good move for the WWE or for the WWE, for AEW? I still personally think it's too soon. I mean, we've both been vaccinated. Um, I still don't feel super comfortable, you know, in big crowds. Um, Supposedly they'll have testing. I mean, all signs are pointing to things are going better in Florida. I mean, UFC just held an event with uh, a f- indoors at full crowd. And as far as reports uh, have come out, there have been no, uh, no, no no positive tests as of yet. I mean, they I don't know how much of contact tracing they've done and everything else. I'm sure they haven't done as much as they should. But I know the UFC has been good in regards to when it's come to testing. I mean, though Dana White doesn't want to wear a mask anywhere he goes, but you're not Dana White. Um, but I, me personally, I wouldn't go yet. I mean, 
if you're saying, you know, no, November when MLW is in Chicago, maybe no, I don't know. I don't mean, I don't mean us. I think that's, I think that's whatever. It's more of, is this a good move for AEW? Like, is this a good, is this a good move for them to do? Yeah, I think it, I think it is because you'll be, you're, you're going to go and you're going to, sh- I think it's a test at some point they have to do and it's open air. So it's not going to be, there's better chance of, uh, things hopefully going better. And at some point you, you've got to go back and have fans there. They've done, you know, the 800 this past week, I believe it was 1500. And it looked like less people were wearing masks, depending on certain shots you saw in the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I've been told, you know, I've read, they've had tests, they've had people have to come in with, you know, with negative tests and stuff like that. I mean, you know, ball, you know, living in New York, Mets and Yankees, I think like in the next couple of weeks are going to, have go up to like 38% of the crowd can be there. Wow. I mean, slowly That's... things are gonna slowly things have to go back to normal. Me and you may not feel as comfortable with things going back to normal as others. No, no, I'm not but... no, I'm fine. I I I my 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 wife and I have talked about this and just to get personal or whatever. Um my wife and I have talked about this before. Oh, uh... So she went she went to an Indians game, a Cleveland Indians game a couple weeks ago. Now she said it was super safe and they did a great job with social distancing. Um, so she felt pretty comfortable. I'm more like, I'm ready. Now, I don't want to go into a, an arena with 20,000 people. That I don't think I'm, I, that I don't think I'm ready for. But I'm pretty much ready for, you know, most of this stuff. Because, you know, I see kids every day. I had three kids come in my office today. Like, they came in with their masks. They talked to me for you guys. No, I'm a, I'm a school, school, uh, school guidance counselor. I had three three kids come to my office to talk to me about stuff, right? Like they had their masks on, it was great, but we were inside, but I needed to talk to them. And they were, you know, I had this plastic, stupid plastic shield thing up that doesn't do shit. Like, what am I gonna do? So if I can see my students, you know, on a semi-regular basis, then I can be in an open air arena and like watching a ball game and having a beer or watching a wrestling event. So to me, it's like, you know, that's whatever. So um, I think it's, I, but I think it's time to open things up and try, but being careful, you know, they're talking about doing in New York, doing like a vaccine passport where you have to have some proof of having a vaccine to, to do certain things. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I think the negative test is going to be a similar thing. You're going to have to have show a negative test. And I think if you show that you've had a negative test within the the past two days or that you're vaccinated, like, let's just try and see what happens, right? Let's just try to do it and let's see what happens while being safe, right? I mean, there's still people getting it. I mean, you had uh, Tommy Dreamer uh, just put on uh, Twitter yesterday. The fact he had, I think he may still have it. But he's, he went and uh, did a show in Australia uh, about a month ago. And they, they they told him that somebody had tested positive and they were no longer, I guess, no longer on the show. But he decided to still go because he did the commitment and he still decided to do it. And now, you know, he has it and he's still going through it. I mean, you like say you have plenty of people. Wait, wait, wait. What, what he got COVID because he went yeah. there? Wow. Yeah, because somebody who was supposed to be on the show, I guess, had tested positive. And I guess just based on everything going on, I guess he wound up getting it. And I guess he's still deal- dealing with people. He's still dealing with it. But um, 
I think it's a tricky situation. I mean, all the safety programs have been have done. Um, we'll see where this goes. I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see if they sell out the 5,000 people, tickets go on sale uh, tomorrow. Do you, uh, actually, let me ask you quickly, Jay, what's your gut say? Do they sell 5,000 seats or? Uh... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, uh, so, you know, 25,000, you know, but 5,000, yeah, I, I do. I do. Um, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's, so let's quickly talk a little uh, MLW fast. Uh, MLW had their last show until they do their big reopening in, uh, in July in uh, the old ECW arena in Philadelphia. Uh, Jay, I don't know if you had a chance to, uh, to watch the final show, but we had the, uh, the big reveal of who El Jefe is, or at least who he's being played by, depending on how much you watched at the end of Lucha Underground. Um, but Jay, what was your th- what's your thoughts on MLW's final show of the, the uh, Myron Reed-Leo Rush, Rush match? I guess El Jefe, and uh, the idea that we found out more than just them going out on tour uh, in in July, but they're also going to be going in September, and then also to your neck of the woods in November to to Chicago. Yeah, so one, um, RIP Selena De La Renta, looks like she's gone from MLW. Um, I don't know what she's going to do. I think she could be a novella actress. Um, I think she could, you know, do a lot of different things talent wise, um, or she could stick in wrestling. I think she'd be great in MLW or MLW, sorry, AEW as like a manager or something like that. So, um, uh, and WWE doesn't do managers. So, you know, whatever, whatever. So we'll see kind of how things go with Selena De Lorenzo, but it's kind of a bummer. She's leaving actually, cause She's really, really talented, but it was one of those things. She's been there for a long time. I guess time to move on. Um, she was, people kind of mentioned on Twitter, oh, this is just a storyline. And she's like, no, honey, I'm gone. So she's kind of hinted that that she's leaving and, and we'll see what is in, in store for her in the future. The Myron Reed-Leo Rush match was good. I still don't think Myron Reed should have a chest protector as a baby face, but that's my own thing. Um but yeah, no, it was a good match. Glad to see Myron Reed win the title. Uh, Hammerstone had a nice promo um, in anticipation of probably him against Fatu. Um, yeah, and and Dario Cueto. Corey, I don't know what this is going to be. I have no fucking idea. Um, I think Loser Underground was revolutionary for pro wrestling. Um, I think it was one of the best things to ever happen in pro wrestling. I don't think that's even a question. And I think Dario Cueto was a big part of that. I thought he was fantastic. That being said, MLW is like a different kind of show, right? And um, I don't know how they figure him out, figure him into the show and what they do. Obviously, this is something that Court Bowers had plans with for a while. And so if you mix a mix of like Lucha Underground and ECW and mixed martial arts and whatever, I guess you're going to get MLW. You know, so we'll see. I think it's a good chance for them to take for sure. I think it's absolutely a good chance for them to take. And listen, they've got buzz. They've got some buzz, which they haven't really had that much of since they came back. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I thought it was a good finale and uh, I'm excited for uh, a couple months. I think it's good to take in a couple months to kind of figure things out and figure out 
wh- what they want to do with this guy, what they want to do with that guy, what, the, what they're looking at in the future. So I think it was a good move for them to take some time off. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, when I first heard that they were basically taking, you know, two months off or maybe I guess a month and a half, all of May, all of June, and then coming back in the beginning of July, I thought it was a little bit risky, especially the fact that, you know, you are a number four or number five brand in the USA. Court Bauer is, you know, a workhorse. He figures out a way to get things done. But I was, I was a little surprised that they were, you know, taking that long of a break. I mean, they got the Vice deal now. They'll have a presence on there, I guess, uh, showing highlight shows. And then once they come back, I guess, in uh, July, I don't know if they'll, if, that's, if they'll be doing live shows on Vice. But one of the things that Dave Meltzer had said was the idea is I think they were trying to go and get, get a, basically a second show. One would be Aztec Underground and one would be MLW. So you, and they were trying to get a bunch of the old guys who were in Lucha Underground to come back. I mean, we just saw, you know, Marty the Moth Martinez come back working, you know, a couple of uh, matches for AEW on Elevation. Um, you know, I think Drago might be, I think was doing, I think I read recently was doing some stuff recently, uh, some indies. I might be wrong there, but maybe bring some of those people in, having two different shows, maybe able to sell it that way. I like the Myron Reed, uh, Leo match. I thought the first match, I think might have been a little bit better. Um, I thought they maybe basically told you that Hammerstone is winning the the bat their battle bowl type of their their battle royal match the forty man match which I don't think is a bad thing. You have a direction they're going in, so I think that's good. I agree. And I think it's going to be really interesting on how MLW keeps the momentum either on social media or based on this. Basically, I guess every week they're going to be doing some sort of draft over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So I don't know how that's going to work. Well, Corey, here's how you do it. What's the show that's starting today? Dark Side of the Ring. There you go. How many episodes are they going to... I mean, I don't know if they're... You know, if all the episodes are going to necessarily flow into the beginning of MLW. um, But I think it'll be pretty close, right? So they start now, May, June, and then July they start. So it'll be pretty close. Like if some of them are Mm two-parters. And that's how you do it. You know, you have stuff on, on... Vice, Vice, and you you know you have Dark Side of the Ring, which starts tonight. It's gonna be great, and you have promos for MLW. MLW is coming. Major League Wrestling is coming. Yada yada yada, and that that's how you do it. You know, do enough advertisement. I'm gonna talk about it on YouTube, and you know, hopefully, I'll do well. I wonder if they stay on YouTube or no. I think they will. They've always had to try to have a home. I, I know a lot of interviews that Court Bauer said in the past was he likes the idea of having a a way for people to watch the show for free. It's so, I mean, smart. I think that it's smart. Expo- got, exposes no, people to the show. And, uh, other things. So, I mean, I think that's very smart. Um, like we talked about it with Impact. Impact's had a good show. Why did it on YouTube? It's ridiculous. And mostly got more money from uh, from Twitch TV at the time. It's there, but they've, but they've, you know, I, I think. I agree with you. But I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know what Twitch, is Twitch giving them money? Like, I, I don't, I, you know, again, one person, Court Bauer, I think, has taken this, you know, whatever. I, yeah, MLW, yeah. Does, MLW doesn't have a tenth of the talent that Impact does, right? Other than Fatu, Myron Reed, and Hammerstone, maybe. Um, and Leo Rush was like half there or whatever. If, you know, Court Bauer had this level of talent with his business sense, you know, I mean, forget it, right? So, anyway, 
it'll be interesting to see what they do over the next, you know, six weeks to two months to keep themselves in the know. And me and Jason will try to do little updates if we see stuff, you know, something happens in this draft that they're doing. Or I'm, we're, we're not going to update you guys in this draft. We're going to wait until July 10th and we're going to watch the show. Like, All right, I, I don't know. I don't know what Corey's talking about. Your boy's got way too much to do and way too much stuff to watch. I am not watching uh, a draft. So Corey will update you on the Wrestle Life group about it, but we will not mention it here on the podcast. But or, when they come back July 10th, we will be there and we will be talking about it. Yeah, or, or, you know, maybe some updates at Workshoot Pod on Instagram and Twitter. But uh, Jason, one of the things that we did do over the last couple of days on the Wrestling Life and our own uh, Facebook page, uh, I put up a thing saying, if you had your top three picks for any active wrestler, so not, you know, you know, Hulk Hogan or, you know, The Rock or whatever. But if you had to pick three guys, who would be the guys you basically would start your promotion with right now? Uh, some people said MJF. A couple of people said Roman Reigns. You had some Kenny Omegas. Uh, who would you pick as your three? And I know it's hard because you have so many good workers, but let's get yeah. a little into the mindset of, of Jason sure. Brooks. Sure. I'd say the best current professional wrestler in the world right now is Will Ospreay. So he'd be number one. Uh, now all these three guys are going to be heels, but I think Osprey could easily be a baby face. So, um, the biggest star in pro wrestling, which is Roman Reigns. And as much as people hate him and he annoyed me a lot, what he's done with this role, I've been so impressed with him, Corey. I, 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 I've been so impressed with him. Uh, and then the last guy is a guy who I think people overrate a little bit, but, Watching his match with Jungle Boy um, at the, the pay-per-view there uh, a couple of pay-per-views ago really convinced me, like, man, this guy's really got, got it. Uh, and I think that's MJF. So I think those would probably be my three guys. I know people have mentioned, like, um, uh, AJ Styles. He's 44 years, 43 years old. Um, and he hasn't wrestled an AJ Styles-level match in a really long time. And they don't ask him to do that on Raw, so that's because Raw's stupid. But um, so I'd say like those would be those would be my three guys. Obviously, you could make a case for Omega and what he's done as a heel. Um, you could say a bunch of guys, but those would be kind of kind of my three guys. I mean, I think you picked three really good choices. I mean, I agree with you. Will Osprey is either maybe the number one or number two wrestler of the year right now. And uh, we'll hopefully in the next week or so talk about the incredible match that Will Ospreay and Shingo had uh, earlier this week uh, at Wrestling Night 2 of Dunkaku. I mostly pronounce that horribly. But in New Japan Pro Wrestling, a lot of people say, you know, early contention for, for match of the year. Um, so, I mean, I would, I'd agree with you. Will Ospreay is a great pick. Roman Reigns, the work that he's done creatively since coming back has been top notch. I mean... It's, I don't know if I would go with Roman Reigns, but anybody who does, I couldn't say no to. Sure. Uh, MJF, I think it's a spectacular choice. I mean, I don't know if it's recency biased on the fact that, you know, he's basically the number one guy, number one heel besides Kenny Omega in that company right now. And he came across looking at the star last night, but I think MJF is a great choice. Um, I, didn't I, think M I didn't think MJF was an, as good in the ring. Uh, I thought it was like okay in the ring, but that Jungle Boy match was that was the best match on that show on that pay per view. Mm -hmm. I it was a really really good match, 
And um, I was like, he's, he's got it, man. He, there's, there's nothing that he doesn't have. So I was very, very, very impressed with him. But you know what? I think I would go with Will Ospreay. I think I'm going to go with the weird choice here, but I'm going to go. Wait, with you, don't have these, you don't have these three guys listed up. Hey, uh, ever inside baseball for everyone. We talked about this like yesterday. Corey's now making it up as he goes along. No, no, go I, have, I have it. I have it. Go ahead. I've got Fatu from MLW. Okay. Um, and uh, I so I so want to say Kenny Omega, but I just I just don't think that's my guy. I'm going to go with Ibushi. I know the English factor is, but you know what? I, I think, think, it, I think, I think I certain think. guys are just so good that they don't need to speak English for them to get over. And there's just something that you see, like when you saw a guy like, you know, Shibata, he didn't speak a word of English, but his action in the ring made him into an instant guy that you loved. And I think a guy like Ibushi can bring that type of atmosphere and with his high impact moves and everything else, I think he's a guy you started by at a top three pick. I would go like say, yeah. Fatu. I think I think you're getting Ospreay. a little cute. I think you're getting a little cute here. You're like, uh, you're like, you're getting a little cute. I think, I think Fatu. I love Fatu, um, and his promos have been good. Like he just kind of has a gimmick. He's like, I'm a Smash Mouth guy who just kicks people's ass, but he also hasn't had a lot of great matches. And maybe you could say that's MLW style. Maybe that they 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 have him work this kind of hardcore style, but he has not had a lot of great matches. It's hard for me to put a guy as a number one guy when he's been a champion for like three years or so. He's been a champion forever. I mean, when you came to Chicago, yep. Was it the was it the year you came? So a year and a half he's been a champion. It'll be two years. It'll be, be almost almost two years he's been a champion, and part of that was the pandemic and. We get that, but he's killed everyone. Um, and I just haven't seen him have that, like, really. And part of it's his opponents, and part of it's how they book him. They want to book him as this monster. Um, but he just hasn't had that great, great match. And so, like, I, I think you're, I think personally, you're getting cute, you know, like, how, you know, Green Bay drafting Jordan Love in the first round last year, right? Like, you know, you can get, you can get cute a little bit, I think. We all can. Um, and that's why I didn't want to fuck around with my picks. I wanted to just take guys who I knew were franchise guys. And listen, I love Fatu. I told you about Fatu before you started watching him. I go, this guy's a, I go, this is like, this is a guy. This is absolutely a guy. And I think maybe, you know, if he was in the WWE, I mean, he'd be perfect for NXT. Is it, you know what he'd be, he would be, he'd be the, he'd be the champion of NXT immediately. Immediately, like they're trying to make Karen Cross a badass or whatever. Mm-hmm. Jacob Fatu would just go there and say, "I'm going to murder this guy," and like, what? Yeah, and he would just go in there and destroy him. But two things that I do think is funny, and I don't know if it's maybe I I worded the question wrong, but neither of us, and I only think one person in the uh, Wrestling Life group mentioned, no women are in our th- first three picks, and nobody from Monday Night Raw. And we could say it's recency bias on the fact that Raw has been unwatchable over the last month. But, you know, Bobby Lashley is one of the biggest, has come across as one of the biggest stars lately. And Drew McIntyre is basically the the face of the pandemic era for WWE. I mean, yes, Roman Reigns has been the second half of the pandemic. But from the moment the pandemic started, one, two, three, you know, uh, he's basically been the face of it. And I don't know if it's just 
uh, lack of connection with people in our, our inner circle of friends or people that we are speaking to online, Drew McIntyre isn't one of those three. I mean, and I'm I think, I think that's up. more, I think that's more interesting than Lashley or the women. Cause the way you phrase it is kind of like who would you start the company with? You do think about, because yeah, I, I think the, I, I would think about men when thinking about the question. I think you'd want to separate male wrestlers from female. Well, wrestlers. Well, not, not you don't want to, you don't want to separate female. You don't want to separate female wrestlers because you could, because then I honestly, you know, then you would, I would probably say Becky Lynch or Charlotte. And I love Sasha. I love all these other women, but Charlotte is just, a, you know, more of a star. But, um, but that being said, it, that's interesting. Lashley's 50 years old. I don't know how he looks like he does at 50. It, it doesn't make any sense to me how a human being looks oh, like yeah. that. And it's Black like, doesn't crack. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not about like looking young. It's how his body <laughs> is put together. It's ridiculous. But, um, and I, I think the other thing is like Drew McIntyre, right? Is like that I think is the most interesting thing that so few people have mentioned him. I don't, do you think that is that we're all marks and we all hate raw because every mark hates raw? Is it that, or most of them do? Is it that he's not connecting? I, I told you this before where I, I thought as a baby face in a lot of ways, he wasn't connecting, especially in the beginning of his run. I think he's, I think his feud with Orton actually like really helped him um, kind of connect as a baby face. Um, but I still think he's a little corny. Um, I don't know. And I would, and I would also venture to say, Corey, that a lot of people on this list, if I, if we, if you and I look through this list of all of our, you know, Russell life group people, mm-hmm. I bet you two out of the three of every one of the, these parents would be heels. And there's still the idea that fucking from the NWO. Now, listen, I'm an old school heel guy. Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, those are my dudes. I've been a heel guy forever, so y'all are jumping on my bandwagon. But in real life, so that's okay. But I've been a heel guy. I've been heel for forever. Right, I love the heels. But the idea that with the NWO, with um, you know, uh, with, with with that sort of thing, heels became such a you know DX. It, heels became such a big part of uh, pro wrestling, and people like heels, and heels are cool and stuff like that. Also, some of the stuff in the Russell Life group, we we're talking about people like NW or DX, and people were saying DX. It's not even close. Like the NW, it's not even freaking. You got to be kidding me with with DX over the NWO. But that's another story. Um. So so yeah. So I you know I I I, I think heels are such a strong part of this that there's so few baby faces that I, I think it'd be kind of hard to, to throw that in. So that, that's probably a big reason why Drew didn't get the nod either. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting to see if we do this, you know, in another six months, who people will say, who's over, if it'll be, you know, people from uh, NXT or if, you know, if a guy like, you know, Daniel Bryan has a resurgence or, or Samoa Joe's healthy, you yeah. know, John Moxley wasn't mentioned, who's, you know, maybe the best talker in the business other than that, that's a, MJF. You know? That's a that's a good one. All right, we got to go. Um, uh, we're part of the Great Russell, uh, Russell Group podcast. Monday, we've got Dong City with Henry and Vince, baseball. We've got the Audible with Matt and Randy, a lot of stuff going on. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers is going to be in Denver soon. Uh, Thursday, you've got us, Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Friday, you've got the Step Back with Jacob and Leon. Uh, so, so look out Friday for, for the step back. A lot of stuff going on. NBA playoffs. Team's not giving a shit and tanking. So a lot of interesting stuff going on in the NBA. And then we've got total bases with Felipe and Sean. 
more of a uh, kind of fantasy baseball podcast. Guys, we are Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Uh, as the tra- lovely train in Chicago goes by, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast. We're also on uh, Twitter at Worked Shoot Pod, W R O K E D, Shoot Pod. And we're also on Instagram at the same uh, handle, Worked Shoot Pod on Instagram. The great Jackie Andy helps. Um, Let's keep track of that. So, um, yeah, listen to us. Uh, subscribe. Please leave a review if you're a, a, an iTunes person. I think that would really, really help us a lot. So, another podcast that uh, I'm involved with, and Jason has been uh, lucky enough to uh, say yes to come on occasionally. Uh, it's our comedy podcast with uh, Jackie Andy, Jackie Rachel, and Myself, uh, Jason, do you remember what name of that podcast is by chance? You don't know Jackie. You don't know Jackie. Corey already gave you the names. Uh, the comedy podcast for the ages. Uh, really good show. Uh, they have some funny topics, some funny things. Uh, please uh, listen to those guys. They're great. Guys and gals. All right. Well. Guys, this was an entertaining show. I can't figure out how to get us offline, so I'm literally going to go and uh, shut my computer down. All right. Well, I guess that's the show, guys. I think we're done here. See ya.